0: Hello friends and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host Harrison Lee and I'm a Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and the Odyssey app. Doing so is free and does not cost you a single penny. It also ensures you never miss another podcast. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Spotify Room. Download the Spotify Greenroom app and find one of our locked-on rooms. On tonight's show, we have a couple of different interesting topics to discuss. Tomorrow, I believe, is the deadline for the uh, the protected list, which we're all expecting a couple of different names on for the Jets. I want to talk about one of them that looks like it's going to be omitted and why I feel like this is a mistake. After that, we'll dive into a trade that happened between the Detroit Red Wings and the New York Islanders, and then closing us out, I thought I would talk about some expansion draft desires and what I hope the Jets do. Or maybe what I would prefer them to do rather than what I expect them to do. Before we get into that fun side of things, let's first talk about the Jets and the expansion draft as it pertains to their defense. Because it does sound like, according to the uh, official Winnipeg Jets website, the Jets are planning to protect Logan Stanley over Dylan DeMello. This, for me, is a big mistake. And I've already talked about it in a uh, previous episode, I believe it was actually our last episode, where I discussed the idea that protecting Stanley over DeMello was... It just wasn't really tenable. It seems clear to me that somebody within the organization wants to make this sort of decision sort of public and, and get either people accustomed to it, or maybe just gauging whether or not the public is going to react negatively. There could also be some gamesmanship going on here. Maybe they want to pump Stanley's tires and make it look like that's the guy that they want to protect over Demela, but in fact, you know, on the day out that they submit, it ends up being Dylan that's protected. I doubt this latter one is the situation. I feel like that is less likely. It is very odd that we're not really hearing a lot about anyone trying to get DeMello or the Jets trying to move him. It just seems like they've been selling Stanley as their guy more so than Dylan, which I find very funny. I feel like DeMello is one of those players that, you know, he's one of the rare free agents where Winnipeg was actually able to extend him. He seems very committed. He's obviously one of our most important defenders and skaters in general. And yet, at the first opportunity that Winnipeg has, they're looking to send him off to another team, which I don't really understand. When it comes to guys on this team that I feel, you know, Winnipeg basically can't live without, DeMello is one of them. He's got several years on this contract left, he's like $3 million per season, he's a great value player, he's somebody who is easily Winnipeg's best defender, and without him, whatever facade the Jets were trying to maintain basically falls away, and Connor Hellebuck is sort of left on his own. As good as Neil Pionk is, he really can't cover for like every single defensive pairing. Having DeMello in the top four to anchor one of the other pairings is basically a must or otherwise this team sort of falls apart. So I don't really understand Winnipeg's thinking here. I'm looking at DeMello and I I realize that, you know, maybe he isn't like a world-beating blue liner and maybe the Jets feel like he is less likely to be claimed by the Kraken, but I I don't really feel like the risk is necessary. If you put Stanley out there, Stanley's not going to get claimed. If it comes down to it, I feel like Seattle would end up looking at Cop or even Mason Appleton. Now, here's where it kind of gets interesting. If the Jets were trying to pay off Seattle to take one of their other players, I, I could see that, I just don't know why they would do this. If they want to pay somebody, I, I guess you could maybe give Seattle a pick or something to take Dominic Toninato instead. I don't know why the Jets would do this rather than just protect Demelo outright, but it is something that they could do. I just feel like it's an overvaluation of what Stanley brings, and, you know, I like Logan. I think that he's a good story, and yes, he is a functional NHLer. For a lot of people, that's probably a surprise. But it's also true that Stanley was very sheltered, he got very limited minutes, and we really don't know if he's going to be much more than, you know, maybe a number six. The problems in this game that have been there since the start are still there, and they really haven't changed. I don't anticipate him suddenly turning into this top-pairing amazing guy in some crazy turn of events. I think what we're seeing with him is more or less what we're going to get. And we're getting an okay guy, but not somebody that I would say is, is a player that Winnipeg needs to bend over backwards to protect. I feel like it sends the wrong organizational message, and I really don't know why the Jets feel that this is the absolute best path forward. And I guess in general, I just want to know what exactly the Jets' plan is because I feel like we're, we're sort of in another position where this is a critical summer and the Jets, they don't really seem to be on the right track. I, I don't know what, what's going on in the front office. I'm not sure why this is the sort of decisions that they're arriving at. I, I feel like unless there's a specific reason in, like, COP being selected and Winnipeg getting some sort of compensation for it, I, I don't really see why DeMello needs to be exposed. It just feels like the Jets are trying something here, and I don't understand what that is. I don't know if they're trying to make him look like a really attractive trade option. Maybe there's like some weird smoke and mirror stuff. I don't know. It's weird. We're going to find out over the next couple of days why the Jets seem to be looking at Stanley over DeMello. I figure that there is some kind of reason, but I don't think that whatever the reason is, it's going to be particularly logical. All we can hope is that DeMello ends up remaining a Jet because the alternative is pretty ugly. You know, Winnipeg without this uh, without this defender is, is frankly a mess, and yes, he is a 28-year-old. He's not exactly like a first-pairing guy in the sense of being an elite offensive defender or anything like that, but what he does, he does really well. He's a stabilizing force, he makes Morrissey better, and he actually makes the Jets semi-functional because the rest of the D-pairings kind of balance out a little bit better. So... Yeah, DeMello, probably one of our most important players. I really hope that we don't lose him in the expansion draft. I have a lot of questions about this offseason. Um, and later in the episode, I kind of want to explore why I'm very confused about the direction and what I'm I'm kind of concerned about and what I hope the Jets do going forward. I feel like we as fans who have investments in this team, you know, whether we buy their merchandise or we buy tickets or whatever, I feel like we deserve some sort of transparency. Winnipeg has been kind of behind this veil of silence throughout the entire process, really. And this is like a common theme with the Jets. They're very secretive, and sometimes it's kind of fun, right? Like they bring in Paul Stastny on a surprise deal, right? That's great. That's super cool. That's the kind of positive surprise we like. But when it comes to stuff like, oh, Dylan Demelo might not be protected in the expansion draft, I, I have some questions. So I'd like the Jets to at least try and answer at least some of them. I mean, I feel like we're owed these answers. It's been many years of playoff failure. Sometimes the Jets haven't even made the postseason. The team owes it to the fans to lay out what exactly the next several years are going to look like because the Jets right now, as it is, are pretty much dead in the water. I'll outline what I hope the plan forward is, but uh, for now we're actually going to talk about something else involving other teams, which if you can believe is, is a thing that we occasionally do on this podcast. We're going to talk about a trade that I think could have some interesting implications for the Jets in just a moment. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are now moving on to a, uh, a trade that I think has some interesting implications. Uh, the Detroit Red Wings, for some reason, have traded for Nick Letty, and they've sent in exchange um, Richard Ponick with salary retained and a second-round pick back to the New York Islanders. The second-rounder is actually pretty decent, too. It is pick number 52 this year, which that's a pretty solid draft pick, and it's, it's higher up than I would expect, I feel like Letty at this stage of his career is pretty rough, right? Letty is not exactly where he used to be a couple of seasons ago. I feel like he's really fallen off over the past couple of years. When I was watching him with the Islanders this season, yeah, um, I wasn't really impressed all that much. Those of you who have seen Josh Morrissey really flub it on the power play and and essentially struggle under pressure, make really bad passes, turn the puck over frequently— This is actually pretty similar to what happens with Letty. In a lot of ways, he actually reminds me of just older veteran um, Josh Morrissey, which is not exactly the kind of praise you're looking for. I'm still struggling to figure out why Iserman would make this deal. I know that Stevie hasn't always been, like, perfect, but this is sort of out of character even for him. He usually doesn't target depth defenders who are signed to really big expensive contracts. There must be some reason, like an expansion-related thing or something, because I can't imagine that a team would look at Letty's recent career and think that he's a really elite defender. But that said, you know, we did see Duncan Keith go to Edmonton in in exchange for, like, what, a couple of of assets and things? Like, genuine draft picks and whatnot. So I guess it doesn't really seem as outlandish in that context. But a second-round pick for Letty plus a a decent NHLer in Ponick For me, I just don't understand. I really feel like Iserman overpaid here, and I don't really know if there was much of a need to do this. I look at Letty, and I I see a guy who, at this stage of his career, is basically a mediocre third-pairing defender... Age has definitely hit him and he just seems to struggle under pressure, and maybe he goes to, to the Red Wings and somehow kills it. Or if he goes somewhere else after this trade, maybe he gets flipped to a team that's looking for somebody to be an even strength shooter. I don't really know. Whatever the case may be, this is the kind of transaction that I hope the Jets don't make. I think Winnipeg will be looking for some kind of a defender on the back end, but not somebody that is is like you know, a $5.5 million guy on an expiring deal. Unless Eiserman has some sort of agreement in place to send Letty somewhere else, I don't really understand what the value here is. So if the Jets are looking for a similar deal or a similar swap, I would prefer that they target somebody who's actually good, like a Mike Riley. A higher second-round pick and a decent NHLer in, in Ponick is not exactly something that I would be looking to send in exchange for a pretty rough defender. The free agent market's going to be a lot more profitable if you're Winnipeg, so I would look there first. I don't want the Jets maybe sending assets for guys who aren't going to fill any, any particular needs. Unless the Jets are acquiring somebody on the level of, like, a Vince Dunn or another player of that caliber, I don't really feel like the Jets need to be going to that well all that often. I think Winnipeg in the past has done okay with trades. They picked up Dylan DeMello, of course, for cheap. They got some other guys on on, well... I would say bargain value picks, but, you know, this is one of the situations where if you trade a low-end pick for the most part, you're probably not expecting much from guys like Bogdan Kiselevich and some of the other players that they've brought in. I actually forgot Bogdan was even traded for until I saw a recent transaction list and saw his name as one of the guys that's been a player the Jets had picked up for, like, I don't know, what was it, like a fourth or a fifth round pick or something like that? And that guy literally did not play more than, like, one or two games for the Jets, if I recall correctly. It was pretty rough. It's hard to tell which defenders the Jets are actually going to play when they acquire them. You know, even DeMello had a really rough path getting to the uh, the first pairing. I haven't really been thrilled with his usage, which is kind of crazy because you watch him and he's like our best defender, right? Winnipeg doesn't really have many claims to fame as far as blue liners are concerned, especially in the past like season or so. Ever since Bufflin left, it's just been something of a, a Jets defender wasteland, but I really don't understand why DeMello has had to fight so hard to get first pairing minutes. And yet, I know for a fact that if the Jets were to acquire Letty, he would instantly slot into Winnipeg's top four because, you know, Maurice would see it that way. I wouldn't really agree with it, and I think the results on the ice would speak for themselves. If the Jets make any sort of trade at all, I would have to imagine it involves Andrew Kopp in in going somewhere else, probably Seattle. I really don't see any other scenario where the Jets are really making a, a swap of players or prospects. It feels like the Jets have kind of entered a state of stagnancy with the roster and they don't really seem to be making all that many moves, which for me is a little bit frustrating because I feel like with where Winnipeg is now and what they need, I feel like they need to be more aggressive than usual. This is sort of a a difficult time period where the Jets are kind of in a, a rough state. I mean, we're looking at a team that has fallen off big time over the past couple of years and I don't think that they recognize either the the severity of the roster situation or the fact that the window is very rapidly closing. Frankly, it's already closed on this particular iteration of the team, but if they make some adjustments and look at I don't know, bringing in another coaching staff member or at least fortifying the team to a level where there's no way that the coaching staff can make them look worse than usual, then, you know, the Jets are going to be okay, I guess. But I I just, I have so many questions about this team and in a little bit, I do want to talk about what I would like to see them do and the questions that they frankly need to answer because as a fan and as a supporter who has some sort of investment into this team, I feel like we all, you know, deserve some kind of an answer as to what the team's plan is. I mean, I feel like over the years... The Jets haven't really been transparent, and they're sort of spinning in circles. And I, I feel like for a fan base that adores and loves this team, that's just not acceptable. You know, I bleed Winnipeg Jets hockey, but I, I, I struggle to really be excited about it anymore. I feel like, for me, the enthusiasm and stuff, when the Jets make trades, it's actually more worrying than anything because you expect that in some capacity, the Jets are going to somehow trade for, like, a I don't know, a third-pairing defender and think that that's enough. Winnipeg, in a lot of ways, hasn't really done much to stoke the fire of fandom in me, and I, I feel like, I don't know, I've just lost a little bit of that passion. They've still got time to reignite it, though, and I do think that there are some things that they could do, if they want to, to get us all excited and get us really anticipating next season. I don't want to be dreading the the future seasons for the Jets. I want to get excited again. I think that that's something that, for me, that has been lacking, and I, I know that I wasn't trying to talk about all of this stuff in this segment or even rant about the Jets, but I feel like at this point I'm kind of at the stage where I'm just super frustrated and I feel like Winnipeg needs to give us a little bit more than what they're showing us. So, in just a moment, we're going to take a look at some things that Winnipeg could do to get me back into the game and get us all really excited again. I don't think I'm alone in saying that my lack of enthusiasm is stronger than ever right now. But, we'll talk about Winnipeg's future in just a moment. Before we go any further, I did want to tell you about why Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar on the market. If you're a longtime listener of this podcast, then by now you know that I'm personally a huge fan of Built Bars, and if you have no idea what I'm talking about, they're so darn delicious... Because they're more like a candy bar with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. They come in several delicious flavors like mint brownie, raspberry, cherry barcia, orange, and more but you should always stay tuned to built.com social media channel because they often have very special limited edition limited quantity flavors and if flavors like grasshopper cookie and churro puff appeal to you then you simply do not want to miss out as delicious as built bars are they're even better for you with most bars clocking in at around 130 to 180 calories 4 to 5 grams of net carbs and 70 to 18 grams of protein they're perfect for every lifestyle whether you're looking to maintain or lose weight To place your order, go to Bilt.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you get 15% off your next order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at built.com. Don't delay. Go to built.com and place your order today. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are uh, talking about things that I would love the Jets to do in order to maybe, I don't know, get us back on track, make us feel like the team has a good plan going forward. I think Winnipeg has a lot of needs in this offseason. You know, the first one certainly involves squaring away Neil Pionk on a nice contract if the Jets can extend him. Otherwise, they're going to have to find somebody to take him on. Which, to be honest, won't be difficult because Pionk's really good and I think a lot of teams are going to be very interested in his services. Winnipeg also needs to get through the expansion draft unscathed and that means losing a player that's not going to be a critical part of their future success. If the Jets have a deal in place for somebody like Andrew Kopp, I feel like that would actually be a pretty okay scenario. If the Jets can turn him into, like, I don't know, a second rounder or maybe even a very late first rounder, which is simply not happening, but, you know, certainly not entirely impossible, then I think that that would be great. I would expect like a second or a third round pick plus a package if it's a lower pick, but uh, certainly something rather than nothing. I think the biggest thing is making sure that Dylan DeMello remains a Jet. I don't know how Winnipeg's going to pull this off unless they start paying Seattle to take on somebody else. I really hope that they don't do this. I'd prefer Winnipeg to not have to give up assets to protect players if they could just expose someone else instead. The whole Logan-Stanley protection thing is kind of strange because you would actually have to pay to protect, you know, DeMello if, in fact, you made that spot available for Stanley instead. Given that Stanley would not be selected anyways, more than likely, it just doesn't make sense why you would then force yourself to be paying assets to protect DeMello if you could just use Stanley's spot on him instead. But that aside, I think Winnipeg really needs to tell us what they want to do going forward because... Right now, the team just doesn't really seem to move in a particular direction. Or when the Jets do make a move, it often leads to the team not exactly um, getting better, right? You know, bringing in Nate Beaulieu, uh, unfortunately, Jordy Ben kind of in the same category, Nate Thompson, all of these guys are depth players that would normally be, you know, on the bench or in the press box or something for most other teams and instead they're starting regularly for the Jets, and sometimes in really prominent and prolific roles. So, going forward, that has to stop. The Jets need to be aggressive in the trade market. They need to be getting some good players who can help us. If they sign free agents, same sort of situation, you know, don't sign just some scrub player. If you can get a really good player on a cheap contract, then, you know, don't hesitate at all. Make that move and and get it done. But if it's a player that doesn't really fit the Jets and isn't likely to move the needle don't just crowd out the spot for another young prospect. Over the next few years, the Jets really need to commit to their kids, which is something that they've been reticent to do over the past several seasons. You know, Cole Perfetti is is definitely waiting in the wings to step into Winnipeg's top nine at some point in the near future, and I hope that he does it sooner rather than later. He seems like he might be ready to step into an NHL role sometime soon, and I would like the Jets to make sure that happens, so, you know, don't crowd out those spots you know, bring David Gustafson in too as well. I think Gus is looking more and more improved and mature as time goes on. Let him get NHL reps, same with Christian Besselainen. I mean, we have all of these young players who might be able to help the Jets in the near future, and Winnipeg still relies on guys like Nate Thompson. Trevor Lewis was a signing that I didn't hate, but certainly, you know, he does also take up another roster spot that one of the kids could have, and I feel like, you know, if it's Lewis, I don't mind it, but in terms of other less productive or less skilled players, I take issue with that. And I feel like the same can be said for the defense. You know, Vili Hainola needs to get into the NHL sooner rather than later. Especially as a regular. A handful of games here and there over the past couple of seasons isn't acceptable. A handful of pro games especially isn't acceptable. He needs to be playing in at least one or the other league. And it's kind of baffling that the Jets have sort of derailed his his ice time over the past couple of seasons because there is a power struggle between the coaching staff and the management staff. We also need to see Dylan Sandberg at some point. We need to know what we've got with him. I feel like he could be an okay second-pairing defender, but if the Jets don't use him, then he's not going to make the most value he can for this team, which would suck, because I think Dylan actually has a lot of really useful skill sets that would make him potentially a really nice safety valve for Winnipeg. I really just want to know what the plan is, though, because the Jets have been in limbo for the past couple of years, and ever since 2017-2018, the Jets are sort of spinning in the same circle, and I'm tired of watching Winnipeg go round and round, and not really improve or move in a different direction. This is like, what, the 365th episode of this podcast, give or take? I know that we've talked a lot about the Jets over the past couple of years, but... Winnipeg fundamentally does not feel like it's progressed at all in those, in those 300 plus episodes. That to me is pretty wild, and it's, it's definitely troublesome that the Jets have had ample opportunity to improve the roster and really don't seem interested in doing so. DeMello was certainly a savvy pickup for cheap, but aside from that, the Jets don't often really make all that many great moves, so I would like Winnipeg to be aggressive in this offseason, lay out a plan, tell us what the future is, show us a roadmap to success, and maybe we start believing again. Let me know what you think the Jets should do in this offseason and going forward or what you would want them to do as a fan. You know, are you feeling tired with this team? Are you excited about next season? Do you think the future is bright for this team? Let me know at Loco and at lo underscore Winnipeg Jets. I might just select you for a future interview and an episode about, you know, our fans' perspective. That will do it for tonight's episode, though. Before you log off, don't forget to check out one of our other great podcasts so you can get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked Under Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite media. And as always, thanks for listening, have a great night, and go Jets go!